Some people say they prefer a Sunday slash Monday recording night. We agree. But the Big Ten is back, and I drank some 8.6% pumpkin beers, so we're going to talk about it. So let's go. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that Gary Harris credited with inspiring the Denver three games to one comeback. I'm Mike Jones, of course, joined by my co-host, the one with little to offer to the human gene pool, Kevin Greck. Greckers, my three-store Slenderman, how are you doing, buddy? Bro, tell me about these 8.6% beers. Is this pumpkin spice, but for for dudes, Uh, for bros? So I don't know why I had the impulse to have a pumpkin beer, but someone got me a little amped up for it, right? So I'm talking to a a mutual friend of ours, um, and uh, I was in the the liquor store because I'm in Jersey, and so you've got to buy those things in a separate location. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was like, you know. Because you don't have freedom in Jersey, right? Correct. Of course. Uh, We're anti-freedom here. Uh, pro small business, though, if you if you will. Um, and so I, I was like, you know, I really want I really want a pumpkin beer. I want to go for it. And I was recommended the pumpkin by Southern Tier Brewing Brewing Company. Yeah, um, the words are already going from me. They are delicious. But yeah, they are, yeah. I mean, highly recommend uh, they were they were about as expensive as a hop slam for a four pack okay all right so that that gives you an idea if it's if it's sold in a four pack that gives you an idea of what you're dealing with in terms of price that's a that's a leading indicator yeah uh so you're feeling autumnal over there is that uh, right is 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 that a fancy word for fallish and buzzed <laughs> autumnal it might be real a- i might have a- just made it up I think, oh, mean, I think you mean I think you mean autumnal, uh, autumnal. but yes, autumnal. Yeah. Anyway, I did let's, make it up. Uh, this is this is not a dictionary.com podcast. This is, of course, can't read, can't write, where we don't use words like autumnal uh, unless well, I got it wrong. Pod. I got it wrong. So that's actually in keeping with the podcast aesthetic. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, aesthetic also not the right word. Anyway, uh, thank you. See? See? Exactly. <laughs> On brand, as always. Thank you, of course, for listening. Uh, folks, look, uh, the Big Ten is back. Back, which means that it is time for you to do your duty. We see you. We know who you are. You are the loyal listeners. We need to share. It is It is football season. This is the time where we can get that national brand to be a sponsor we've been coveting for so long. Our thirst can be satiated. Please share the podcast with Spartans in your life. Give it a retweet on the old Twitter. Follow us on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. And of course, hop on that iTunes rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Please smash that subscribe button. I love, that, I love that sales approach. Hey, you should really listen to this podcast. Why? Oh, because if more people listen to it, they'll get better ads. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> ads. Not better necessarily. Higher profile ads i mean let's be honest people have come to us for the ad reads that whether it's not a sponsor the uh our our former presenting sponsor 
Should we acknowledge, since this is a uh, pretty shoot from the hip type of episode, that there is a sponsor that we haven't mentioned in a few weeks? I mean, I think if people haven't noticed, um, they, they have will now they reached out to me. They, I have been reached out to about this. Um, we COVID's tough. COVID's tough. Yes. This was a mutual parting situation. And, well, I don't know if it's uh, mutual. We're on good terms, right? Yeah. Like, absolutely. We would have, we've been thrilled to continue to, to, you know, to, to toot the horn. And if anyone's curious, we will continue to, uh, in spirit, maybe not for monies, but, um, we think Fraser's pub is a great pub. That was, that yeah. was always genuinely true. That was, that was never $4. Um, it just happened to be $4 as well. But, uh, look, if you happen to be interested in advertising on this podcast, you've heard our ad reads. They're pretty solid. Uh, yeah. And we had a uh, a national brand that, look. If okay, you hear, listeners don't care about this. All right, if, we're moving on. If you want to hear about Either the shapes talk- you can shave into your downstairs. Bedroom. All right, stop, stop, <laughs> stop. Moving right. on. All Rick, right. Tell us about you know who else is show. feeling autumnal? The Big Ten. The Big Ten is feeling autumnal. It's basketball. It's not just basketball, or it's it's football. It's not just football. It's basketball. I've also had eight point six percent alcohol pumpkin beers. Apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, special show. We are. I think the the first thing we need to say is podcast is officially moving to Sunday night recordings, which means that it'll hit your feeds. Monday morning, Monday lunchtime. Um, yeah. So uh, we made the switch. We I don't think any of us loved it. I don't think the fans loved it. Okay. I don't think we, we don't loved it. Again, we don't have to dwell on this either. Uh, <sighs> so we're moving to Sundays. So yes. we'll be hitting your podcast feed Monday morning. So Get this hyped. is a special episode because the Big Ten is back and because we have two recruits to cover. And that's goodness. So. Greg, yeah. the the important thing is this is going to be green wall only footballs. Let's start there. Football is back um, yeah. coming in on October 26th. I believe is the date um, October 26th, 25th. Maybe we're going to slip in a Friday game, but the plan is to have eight games over nine weeks and there will be an, an additional one extra game that is you whoever wherever you end up ranked in your division that is to say one through seven you are going to play the correspondingly ranked team in the opposite division so that means there will be there will literally be a game to see who is worst in the big 10 um and rank wow i'm excited i I am Uh, really i am excited to see rutgers nebraska it's going to be great. I mean, we're now on the record about this. I mean, <laughs> we're in a coaching transition year with a roster that uh, is young. We'll just say that it is, it's a young roster. So these might be words that. Nope. Nope. I will back. not. I will not be eating these words at all. Here's I'm- what I'll say. We've talked enough about the meta of the podcast today. Dear listeners, there our highest performing episode of all time is also the one where where <laughs> it was <Fickle>. darkest. <laughs> Luke Fickle spurned us. <laughs> it was in the timeline. It was darkest. So um 
So I'm, I'm just concerned. Nope. I I think that what happened is Cincinnati fans got a hold of that one. Uh, and uh, I'm just concerned that the rest of the Big Ten could just enjoy this episode where we're talking about Rutgers uh, and uh, and Nebraska. You know, but day. but you know that I kind of love to live in the hate of listeners, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. Come you, at me. Come at me. That's at, why you at, are the way you are. At Spartan underscore pod. Come at me. That's why you make the, the choices that you make. Um, <laughs> so you say that you would go and relive 2006 MSU football above all other eras. But Greg, the thing I want to dial down on is that you yeah. were telling me that this is particularly exciting because it's a men's sport and that women's sports is lesser than. And so you were saying this during pre-recording. Can you tell me a little bit more about why you think women's sports aren't real? <laughs> it's it's not that they're lesser than. <laughs> It's that they're just simply irrelevant. Um, dude, thank you. Thank you for this. Uh, yeah. Yes, Absolutely. and. I, yeah. Yes, and, buddy. I said that. And you said that uh, you totally agree with all of the haters and there should be no football and that you won't be participating in, in watching football this year and that we're shutting the podcast down. Yeah, no, that's true. And and I really did. I, I Not only did I want to shut the podcast down, but I, I did talk about going over to all the other podcasts and shutting them down as well. But you convinced me that it was our sort of journalistic duty, big J journalist uh, to to cover these. And, and I, I came around. So uh, why don't you lay out? So, I you know, it is going to be eight games over nine weeks with an extra game that is a weird sort of uh, collateral game that's going to happen um what are some of the details on making this happen though because i think uh, maybe the first thing we need to initially recognize right and is that it was five weeks ago the big 10 voted to not play so what changed and then well and then how are they going to make that safe Devotees will recall, we talked about this last week there have been advances and we're also not going to make this political in any way there have been advances in the both in our knowledge of you know cardiac risk that these student athletes are taking um with you know those that have tested positive and there's also been invest uh advancements in the the fast turnaround the rapid testing capabilities so we're going to talk about media archetypes uh of responses to this in a moment but it's important to note that this is these are not the same uh, circumstances as when the Big Ten decided to postpone its season. So say what you will, what is going to happen is that starting September 30th on all campuses, all big all 14 Big Ten campuses, uh, every player and staff member is going to be rapid tested before every pri- every game and practice event, correct? It's it's any kind of meeting yeah, with it's, the team. It's nearly daily. Nearly daily. It's very close to daily. Uh, players who test positive must wait 21 days to return to competition, which is like three of, it's 33% of the games, <laughs> of yeah. all possible games. Um, 
And all positive tested student athletes will undergo, quote, comprehensive cardiac testing, whatever that means. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't pretend to know what the battery of tests for that are going to look like. But I think the it, big piece is the cardiac MRI. That okay. is the, which is a, a, a much more, it's not like an EKG, which is really just sort of doing a sound evaluation of, of how your, you know, the each uh, ventricle, ventricular, the valves. Yes. The, how each, thank you. Uh, how each valve is performing, uh, which are a little bit more shaky on, on how they, you know, actually pan out. But, um, the, the cardiac MRI can actually pick up some of the sort of, uh, distress and scarring that may be occurring as a result of myocarditis. And just recall, dear listener, that, uh, that cardiac event is actually, it's actually more dangerous to high level athletes who are used to exerting themselves up at their like top potential. So, um, for Jonesy having, you know, two 8.6 pumpkin beers in his body, you know, I don't think we have to worry about overworking the heart on that one, but this is just um, testing myself. Yeah. Uh, there's also the, there's also a baseline that the entire team and population and we were debating what the term population was in reference to before recording, um, has to stay under. So the team's positivity rate cannot exceed 5%. Otherwise, there's a mandatory seven-day cessation of all practice and competition. So we've already seen... We've already seen a lot of high-profile games get pushed because of COVID, you know, reasons. I mean... It's almost guaranteed this is going to happen for several. And, and what we didn't say yet, because this is a very well-structured show by the, by the host, um, is that there are it's nine consecutive weeks of games. There's no bye weeks. There's no makeup days. This is it starts this day. It ends this day. And if you postpone a game, there's no makeup. You know, this isn't the spring. So I think we're going to see. I mean, it's going to be a mess. We're going to see a number of games get post get uh, canceled outright. And yeah, uh, I mean, in a weird way, the lack of flexibility. I I got to imagine there's sort of a fear of God that's being put in these student athletes, which is, I mean, I, I suppose kind of what the rest of us have been living with. Um, but it, has anyone gone to go figure out what percentage of these teams have already tested COVID? positive like ed ogeron's like lsu's already gone through the whole thing which is its own thing um but like are there teams that have an advantage because most of their student athletes have already tested positive at one point well, or another the, i mean the them? problem is that there's there's enough reported um people who have gotten covid twice uh, mm. and, and usually the second go around is not better. Mm. Um, that, you know, it's, it, it, the, the, the antibodies don't last as long as, as we might've hoped. Um, so the, I, I think the, the, the other piece of this is that there's a, you know, you had texted me this, that. Do you think Mel Tucker has regretted his decision to just do strength and conditioning in the interim? 
Yeah, rather than having traditional uh, practices in the way that some other Big Ten teams have decided to use this time. Right. So we have a five-week ramp-up that's in front of us right now. Mm -hmm. I I guess I I would put the question back to you, do you think it matters with five full weeks? Um, and do you have concerns? Because in, in my mind, I'll just say in, in, by all accounts, they wouldn't have made that decision if they thought there was more they could install in a meaningful way by doing non-contact practices. I mean, we'll find out. I, I don't think we have enough information. It seems extraordinarily unlikely to me that this staff just installed the new system and it stuck and we don't have to worry about anything. Like there's a big difference between running the right routes and doing the correct reads and making the right plays and calling the right stuff in the huddle in practice versus in a game. You know? especially when we potentially have backup quarterbacks that have a history of calling the wrong plays from the sidelines. Oh, he got three plays, three plays. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's different in game. I bet he didn't make those mistakes at practice, but it was a controlled environment. Now these are professional coaches and they know better than anyone. So I'm going to trust Mel Tucker because that's sort of my position is to trust Mel Tucker until otherwise stated because he's done a lot of great stuff. Uh, so, and you know, a man who birds gets the nod as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Birding above all. So I, I'm okay with it for right now, but I, I think we could just as easily look back in eight weeks and say, Hey, maybe these guys should have been practicing like actual football during that time instead. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I got to believe, though, we're going to see a lot of crappy football, right? Like, n- even if, you know, Ohio State, who we're, we're holding up at this sort of benchmark of, you know, the best, I still think we're going to see subpar performances from teams that, and I'm not saying they're going to be bad, just subpar. From your uh, Nebraska's and your... And your Rutgers is that what well, you're so saying? so no 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 so so Rutgers will look like a middling um, high school team, and uh, Nebraska will look like a fine high school team. Michigan <laughs> State may look a little bit like Nebraska, and Ohio State may look a little bit like Michigan. I was going to go Penn State on that one. Oh, you think I knocked him down too much? That was okay. mean. Uh, so, it, look, I, I think it, the point being is that it's a, it's a short ramp up. Uh, I think it was Nick Bumgarner, Bumgarner from The Athletic who pointed out that the other piece of this is that a lot of the injuries we're seeing in the NFL right now, like nonsense injuries, like, say, uh, uh, hamstring injuries, right? Like it, that came up in practice. Uh, there's a, a great number of those, uh, like a, a, a Kenny Galladay, right? You know, mm-hmm. let's say you've got him on both of your fantasy teams and, and he's not able to play right now because he- let's say that we discussed this before the podcast <laughs> and we agreed that we wouldn't discuss fantasy teams, but, but can- so the point, but I, where I'm going with this, despite my bitterness is that 
uh, you're going to see with an amplified timeline, right? Like you're going to see some more of these injuries that these guys don't get a chance to get in full hitting shape. Look at Wisconsin, who is going to be a week behind all the other Big Ten teams because they're on a mandatory two-week sit-out. So, you know, they have a, a margin of error of zero. And I think most teams, frankly, have a margin of error of zero. But they, in particular, are, are under their gun. And so, you know, you hope that you're able to get five weeks in, really get amped up. But all by way of saying, I think you're going to see a bit of a regressed football season. And just everyone should be okay with that. And hope that that means that some of the skill positions really shine out and and have a it may make for really fun football there has been an argument the ivy league has purposefully limited the amount of practice time that teams are allowed to do and there's been an argument that other football teams should do the same thing because it it lends to being sort of like higher flying a little bit more kinetic exciting football as a response, as a result. Um, so there you go. Maybe that's, uh, maybe we'll see that. I sure. mean, we won't, we won't see that in person we'll see it on television unless apparently you're maybe a player's family member. Those are yeah. going to be the only people in the stands. Yeah. That, that was weird to me. Like why, why is that happening? So for, I mean, for people who don't know, it's, it's worth saying that supposedly family members are going to family and friends, you know, whatever the ticket allotment is of a player um, or they're going to be able to attend football games. I just look at, uh, say, Brian Lewerke, right? Obviously, no longer a Spartan, but his no, parents always were, a Spartan, well, no longer he, on the team, no longer. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Fair yeah. correction. You're but welcome. his parents were from Arizona, um, which I think their uh, their sort of spike has has decreased substantially. But you know, imagine that this was a little while back, and Arizona is going through their sort of crisis moment of oh, our governor didn't do anything, and he didn't wear a mask, and now everyone's infected, and we don't mm-hmm. have enough hospital beds. So and then imagine that they're flying in from the Phoenix area. Uh, that is problematic, right? Like, I mean, so are are they testing family members? Are, or or are those people just allowed to come in and and contribute to community spread? I just I want to be on record. I I think this podcast is pro football playing, very pro football playing, but that piece to me is a little bit confusing. I will say. I I have been to enough spring games under terrible uh, weather conditions, quite like the late <laughs> November conditions that we're going to be seeing uh, here for these football games. I, I'm not sure these family members are going to want to show up. And those that do are going to have plenty, plenty of room to spread out. So... I don't know if it's the end of the world having people in the stadium as long as it's that Talk about the plane. There's travel happening one way or another. So I we're not shutting down national travel. So I I think it's just yeah, such right. a small 
something that I'm not sure that it registers and I'm not sure that I'm that concerned about it. We'll get into the, the legitimate concerns of all of this in a moment here, because we're going to go through the archetypes of media reactions to this whole thing. Sure. But, so before we do that, though, we have we have a, a short timeline before the season starts up, and there's a number of things that need to happen for the Big Ten to get this season off and feeling feeling right and normal, right? Yeah. There yeah. are certain things that happen like clockwork. And so I think maybe it would be useful for you and I to go back and forth so long as we have suggestions for for things. This is a green wall segment, right? Like this is about media stories that you you see, you read, you hear. What are normal things that happen for a Big Ten season? And so I'll start. Every year, every year, it seems like there's a story about Dark Horse Iowa. And I know I know we have a very loyal Iowa listener who's going to who's going to like I'm going to get a text as soon as he listens to this. But bro, your school every year is a dark horse and doesn't do shit. The best you do is come up second place in a 2015 Big 10 championship game where LJ Scott strong-armed your entire defense across the goal line. That's Dark Horse Iowa. Every year there's an article about Dark Horse Iowa. What else? What else do we need to have happen before? I just want to point out that this entire segment was just an excuse for Jonesy to be able to uh, to to strong arm one of our loyal like LJ Scott, like LJ Scott, a, a betrayal to a directed at one of our loyal listeners. I mean, I, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. And I'll continue. I'll continue with that theme because every year you have September Heisman in Michigan, although it's a little tough because this year's transferred. So uh, oh, what else is there? What else pre- is there? Pre for an off Grand River segment on Sunday when we record. Look out mm-hmm. for it on Monday. Uh, yeah. Um, so other sort of, um, I think the, you know, this is, this is going to be a tricky one. Because I, I, I do think there's sort of the annual comparison between Michigan State and another program. Usually a, um, you know, is this the year that Michigan State's offensive line can? Mm-hmm. Right? Like there's a, is it going to be Wisconsin? Uh, the, the other one I would throw out there just real quick is, is this James Franklin's year? Well, dude's already won the Big Ten championship. So, what are we? What are we saying when, been, when we're asking? I'm, is this James Franklin's year to break into the college football playoff? I think the answer yeah. is a clear no on that. An obvious uh, no. I mean, what what else do you think is a a clear must have for a Big Ten narrative every year? You can choose one of Northwestern. Purdue or Indiana as being the like the like breakthrough team. Uh, So I've bought into that. I've bought into that narrative that Indiana is on the cusp. Okay. Yeah. Great. That's fun. I mean, time. All right. Who's your who's your perennial hot seat narrative? Because I I think in basketball we have a perennial. um, What's his face from Penn State? Uh, Was his name escaping me? Who's the Penn State? Pat Chambers? 
Yes, Pat Chambers, perennial hot seat. Okay. Who's on, you who's disagree? on the coaching hot seat? No, I, I mean, Pat Chambers was, I thought, fired effectively at one point, and then all of a sudden they've got a ranked team the next year. So that was nuts and totally, like, that is one of the biggest turnarounds I can ever think of. Uh, who's on the hot seat in the Big Ten for football? Um, because we're going to celebrate, by the way, actually, converse of this, converse of this is the actual narrative that will happen every year. Nebraska, Nebraska is a legitimate contender this year. Scott Frost, that Scott Frost snake oil has been sold. Yeah, there are some guys that have saved themselves. This would have been the year for Tubby, but, you know, he had a big win in East Lansing last year. He's had a lot of success with his beard oil. Uh, So I think he's safe. Um, uh, I think. The hottest seat is probably. Is it Brom? Is it though? I mean, he just signed that contract, and Purdue knows who they are. They See, know. Who they, they paid are. him six point six last year, man. They paid him six point six. I mean, I think Scott Frost is your hottest seat, right? Even if he is the golden boy, you gotta do something eventually. They made a holiday after him. They made a holiday yeah. after him. Uh, and this is your third year. I'm things are supposed to be happening by your third year. That's fair. That's fair. Um, you can't, you can't do anything at Rutgers because Shiano's back. You can't do anything. You know, obviously Minnesota's fine. You know, Pat Fitzgerald has a lifetime contract at, at Northwestern. Tubby has his beard oil that he can always fall back on. Yeah, this was, yeah, I a- think it's got it. Scott Frost. Is the hottest the, seat in the Big Ten. This was a, a year that Michigan was supposed to go to Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think we can, we can squarely anticipate at least two articles. That is to say, in the free press and in the news. And, and we, we, we ironically name this the Green Wall because I don't think we are... I mean, there's a little blue wall action, but like, uh, I don't think it's quite as extreme as everyone makes it out to be. But I'm quite sure, I am quite sure there will be an article that this is Michigan's year because they will not be playing in front of fans in the shoehorn or in the shoe. As if that's a problem. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They, they, will pin, they will pinpoint nonsense. Anyway, uh, this has been fun. Uh, but... Uh, you know, tweet at us at Spartan underscore pod. If you've got what else has to happen in the next five weeks to make this feel like a normal, uh, normal big 10 season. So let's move to uh, media reactions, Kevin. I think these generally speaking fall into some archetypes, but are there any that were particularly egregious before we get to the archetypes that, you know, you want to, you want to talk about? Some media hot takes that I it just really bothered me. Got my because craw because they, they were stupid. Yeah, I mean, just stupid. I mean, there were the victory laps that really bothered me, as if like this was a competition the entire time and not the product of a global pandemic that has right. claimed the life of two hundred thousand Americans. By the way, uh, we've been trying to keep things up beat, but. 
this was announced the same week that we crossed a grim line. Yeah. Uh, and showing no signs of stopping it. We are full bore as a country and as, as a culture, it is vaccine or bust at this point. So, yep. So the, the victory laps, I think bothered me the most. And then you had the, the far other sides of the pendulum swings to the far other side about like, this is the darkest day in big 10 history. Or I saw a lot of Twitter posts and I will read the medium articles to understand it better. I promise about how this is an inherently racist decision. Um, as if, as if only, as if student athletes are only black. I mean, they're not, they're disproportionately black, but they are not only black. Um, so, and they, anyway, I think, I think that that's a weak, a weak argument. There, there are, Elements of college sports that are inherently racist. I don't think this decision is the best of of those. But yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm with you because we are, we are advocates for a lot of things as, as it relates to college students. I think it's fair to be clear about that. We, we advocate for compensation. We advocate for name, image, and likeness rights. We advocate for, for insurance for them. We, we, uh, we acknowledge that much of the profit lines are built on the backs of black students, student athletes. Like it it would be, it would be crazy to deny those things. Yep. But uh, to, to say that the, the big tens decision, and we're going to single this out as the thing that is the racist decision when they were the ones who were like, yeah, we're going to take a beat because there's a global pandemic. Which I think is actually a redundancy in terms because aren't pandemics inherently global? Uh, I ep- don't know. Yes, I think I, they are versus an epidemic. But anyway, not important. Uh, but there is a pandemic that has claimed over two hundred thousand lives, like just and, of Americans. Yeah, just of Americans, and despite having four percent of the the global population, we have over twenty six percent of the global death toll. Like. The Big Ten took a moment to say, "Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna say that this isn't the most important thing in the world. So until we can figure this out, we're gonna take a, we're gonna take a beat. Like, I, I don't think that's racist to say that they decided, yeah, we're gonna do this again. Um, and not to mention the fact that a lot of the voices that are clamoring for this are people of color." I mean, in addition to the fans, but you you see a large, very vocal uh, student athlete population that is black uh, that is also asking to play. So, like, I just it it seems it seems overly reductive on a a race theory standpoint to say that this is racist because it happens to be there's an alignment uh, between athletic departments that may want to play and student athletes who also want to play. Thank you for the bailout on that. So, uh, so basically, (laughs) or it's just canceled. Shut the whole thing down. Um, Fraser's pub was right to, to dump us. Uh, So, so that's, that is as the pendulum swings. Those are the two different 
far size. Was there anything before we start breaking down the like individual archetypes, anything that really stood out to you or should we just go through these? The one thing I would add is the thanking the precedent. And I think it's just worth mentioning because you, you can have any of these things that are extreme from one way or the other on a reaction to this. But I, I think we will keep centering back to the big 10 made a different decision because of facts that changed. And so this wasn't, this wasn't a, a rot negotiation that, that, that suddenly, you know, changed things. This wasn't political pressure. And I know that's a piece of what we're getting back to later, but like, this wasn't anything that was given to them. It was literally facts on the ground changed. And so, uh, why don't you walk us through the sort of the sort of archetypes of of reactions here? Yeah, so of course you've got worst decision the Big Ten has ever made. You've got this is terrible. What was me? All that stuff. And then you've got on the far side, like we said, the celebration, the celebrations, and those are the ones that really bother me. In the middle, you've got the the various different types of caving narratives. So whether the Big Ten caved to political pressure or it caved because of uh, revenue reasons or it caved because they were just wrong to begin with, which is, of course, ridiculous, as as Jones just outlined, Um, or, you know, all of those different options. And then you've got uh, where I think the pot is, which is like, okay, well, things change. They made a different decision. We'll see how this thing goes. It could still go sideways though pretty 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 easily yeah a handful of these schools test above five percent in uh-oh yeah <laughs> i mean you get it if you have an uh, if you have an auburn situation or a, a texas tech situation you're screwed it's i mean there, there are going to be COVID is going to play a role in in how those Big Ten standings end up at the end. There are going to be teams that are better on paper than their than their seeding in week nine as a result of games that they had to. I mean, I assume that if you can't play a game, you have to forfeit it. So games that they had to forfeit as a result of having more than 5%, which is not that many um, of your student athletes testing positive at one time. And then having to take 21 days off from competition or practice. I mean, that's huge. That's crazy. So we'll see. Was there anything in the the caving sphere that really bothered you? I think we talked about the celebrate the celebrations and the and the worst decision stuff, but was there anything yeah. you wanted to cover in there? So I mean the Look, I I think it's worth outlining what changed because this isn't caving. the 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 Big Ten was uh, what three three weeks out from the start of the season when they canceled. Mm-hmm. That's right. Two weeks like in, two is three or four weeks out. Um, but we're we're one to two weeks into where the season would have been, and the the response was uh, at that time there is literally too much we do not know 
And if you just look around, people are dying, people are being infected, and we and we don't have a meaningful way to know who's sick, who's not, and and to be able to make sure that when people hop on the field, they're not going to be sick and spreading this. And and then there's the additional question mark of, oh, by the way, we're getting inf- information that there's a potentially very life-altering, career-altering condition that's associated with this disease that our student-athletes are, are primed to be hurt by. And, and I would say, even with this latest decision, there's a whole lot about COVID we don't know. Mm-hmm. That, you know, there, there are weird consequences to COVID that are popping up with people because it's just a weird disease. We, we just don't know. And so anyway, the, the thing that changed, the big thing that changed, and we, we flagged it on the pod, and this isn't to take a victory lap because it, we're not taking a victory lap. We, I think we're really excited for football to come back, but it's a, a bit of complex feelings, right, Greg? No, I think it's simple. The world is a simple place. But so the, the thing that changed and the thing that Plum outlined, and I know Plum wanted us to get into his response a little bit more, and, and maybe I'll pass that to you, or we can wait for him to come on on Sunday. But the the piece that that is complex earlier that is now simple is that shortly after they canceled, there was a rapid test that came out that was $4 a test that that allows them same day or at worst next day to get results. Mm-hmm. And so if you're able to test everybody every single day at a, relatively speaking, low cost, then you are able to make sure that they are not infecting the people they're competing against. And that if they are sick, you have a very small window within which you need to contact trace. Because it's been, if it's been a whole week, yeah. you don't know who they've interacted with. And, and frankly, you probably know they interacted with the whole goddamn team. Yeah, it, exactly. So the it's not just as simple as you get your results faster. It's also so much easier to contact trace as a That's, result. Of that it. is the biggest piece of this. Yep. I mean, that yeah. is absolutely the biggest piece of this. Now, there is the concern and this. I, I believe I'm distilling uh, Plum's argument and his concerns uh, down to a simple statement. And he is welcome to correct me when when he gets back. Uh, is that it is a concern that we're allocating these resources in this way. Yeah. And we've talked about this because we've talked about, is it morally just to give the student athletes a priority for the upcoming vaccine, um, for the sake of football. And you and I came to the conclusion that we would be willing to concede that. Are you willing to concede that? for these rapid tests. So, well. so I want to be clear that the reason we said that about the, the vaccine was very much contingent upon we, in check the tapes. Cause I'm, I'm a hundred percent on this one. It was that there was adequate testing in place. So it, it, you know, we were willing to concede the vaccine front. If you could contact trace and test adequately. Yeah. So you could isolate. I mean, you could effectively shut the virus down if you could identify who was sick very quickly and just quarantine them. 
Well, you but, could also just shut the virus down if everyone wore masks. You, don't get me don't get me started, man. <laughs> don't get me started. Anyway, uh we should just play Paul right at the end of the episode. That's, anyway, the math on that is that you could shut the virus down over the course of several four, weeks. Four weeks. Four weeks just wear a mask. Anyway, but anyway, let's let's recenter ourselves. The thing about the the morality of of the testing and I forget if it was you or actually Plum who said this last week. It was me. I said it about the the extra the extra purchases scaling up the the testing. Yep. Yeah, that was me. So I I don't I think the complaint is that, it, and I'm so tired of saying this, and I'm so excited for football to come back so we can no longer say this is not a political podcast but the reality is is you're complaining about the fact that schools are able to to get these resources before say uh actual public schools or say uh you know frontline workers like name name your demographic that you care about if your complaint is that college athletes will have access to this first then your problem is ultimately capitalism which is to say the allocation of resources and for whatever reason as a country and and i'm not willing to enter into that to me that isn't that isn't an important debate right now It, it it may be fair to say yeah we should have absolutely allocated these resources in different ways earlier and more often but we haven't and we didn't and so we are where we are so where that leaves us is that we have a bunch of universities who are willing to buy a bunch of tests right now. And that will, if nothing else, to your point, Greg, allow us to scale up our testing capacity as a nation. Now, I, I want to be very clear, because I know we say this a lot, but this is not a political podcast. But the, the sad fact is, is that policy has influenced college sports. So I don't think any of us should be comfortable with the fact that college student, student athletes are getting these tests first. That they have access to this daily when, you know, we're sending kids to school. Like, you know, that's not political. We should all be a little uncomfortable with that. But we are where we are. And so I don't. I don't find it particularly morally reprehensible in the moment we're in, but we should do a whole lot of advocating to the people that we elect about what is most important in our lives and certainly getting our kids to school safely should be most important. Classic dad idea. Football, football, football. Dude, do you know how bad I need football? just for my sanity just because you are a dad <laughs> so this yeah. is your escape. Do, you don't under you have a child you don't understand i can't i can't relate i i could never understand michael anyway bail me out from that please no oh no you sit in that uh so that's it that's football we well, have sports where, to where, talk about yeah no but so all right i, I would say two things let's because Great. I, I know we're Excellent. we're somehow running long for what this episode intended to be, but don't tell them that. They two things. That. Two things. What do you think? Um, I, I guess it, it, 
if you could articulate in a in, in a concise manner what the the opinion right. of the podcast is, what our media reaction is to Big Ten football coming back, and then also maybe what the plan is for the pod going over the next few weeks as we amp up for uh, what is to be surely a wonderful season. Yeah, I think the pod is cautious in its approach to this whole thing. Yep. What was your reaction when I texted you that Big Ten was back? Well, first off, I knew that it was back before you. So, yeah. well, you can't let me, you don't let me cite sources, but okay. <laughs> um but second second, second the second, second reaction was the best uh what was your reaction i don't remember because i uh your your reaction was this gives them several weeks to cancel again <laughs> oh yeah yeah this gives us plenty of time to cancel the season again postpone it uh <laughs> we're gonna have stuff to talk about we're gonna get more and more football coming out uh mel's gonna be having you know more frequent interactions with the media so we'll, uh, it's football season, you know, we got stuff to talk about and the pod, even though we were on and you're welcome to call me out for this, even though we were boycotting college football, most mm-hmm. of us, uh, mm-hmm. otherwise, I, I don't think we would be a very good MSU sports podcast if <laughs> we, would we got on every week and we talked about how we weren't watching the game. <laughs> That'd be that'd be great. It turns into like you bet your garden because we talked about how we were like out in the yard. I don't weekend. think we're getting that big lucrative uh advertising deal producing content like that. So we're <laughs> selling out one way or another. We're selling out. And we're uh, yeah, we're gonna watch football. And I'm probably gonna host some tailgates here in East Lansing. So what? We're yeah, we're we're in early negotiations with the other members of the household here. Oh, whoa, well, buddy, member. we need to talk about that. And, and, uh, as I'm going to be in Michigan this weekend, other member of the household, if you're, and if ha- you're, and what those tailgates are going to look like, but if you're negotiating that, that then buddy, we're playing some beer pong with water in the cups this weekend. We got uh, beer dice, man. You, you've shown your age. It's all beer dice now. All right. Beer dice. All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk basketball for just a minute and just a little bit off the cuff, and then we will wrap this up because this has been a bonus pod for the record. Um, so basketball slated to start November 25th. Greg, yep, that is that is squarely one month after the start of football. How do you feel about that? Again, plenty of time to cancel basketball. Uh, so practice starts October 14th. Uh, games are going to start November 25th. There's already all kinds of media speculation about pre-conference tournaments going back and forth. The max number of games is 27, which is not that far from the max number of games that these teams can play if they get to the national championship game, which is like 33 or 34 or something yeah, like it's, that. It's cut your shitty games. Like, it's yeah. cut your Albion from the schedule. There's going to no, be no, no exhibition games. Uh, also, I would point out that that was a fine, a very cut. emotional game this year. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Michael Jones, you monster. Uh, minimum number of games. Cut 13. your Binghamton. 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 And uh, a recommend uh, recommended for non-conference games uh, from the NCAA. So it's uh, it, you're going to get 
on paper, something that pretty closely resembles a regular basketball season in terms of total volume. I mean, it's not that far off. We'll see what the structure looks like. Uh, there's going to be a lot of speculation on bubbles over the next several weeks and months, but uh, you're going to get your college basketball fix Do this you, year. I think the question that no one's really uh, addressed uh, in MSU fandom that I want to pose to yeah. you is great. Let's let's do it. Cutting edge it. here. Do you think this net benefits MSU? I mean, like a lot of uncertainty, a lot of craziness, uh, weird structure. Do you think people ultimately rely in basketball on MSU being a perennial powerhouse that it that whatever happens, it's sort of a, a, a deference to them? I don't know. Seeding in a tournament. Yeah, I. I mean, you're going to end up having a very similar amount of games and certainly conference games. So assuming teams don't get knocked out, but yeah, for, yeah. for like COVID re- related reasons. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, especially given this year, we've talked about how this is sort of a, this could potentially be a like bridging of two eras type of year. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what to expect from point guard. So oh, yeah, sure, I, sure, sure. Yeah. Basketball. Yeah. I, I don't know that this is a year where this benefits MSU. If this were a year where the if this were last year and the team were up and running and you knew what you were getting, then I think this actually net benefits MSU because other teams are going to be in you know a little bit more out of out of whack, so to speak. Um, but this upcoming year, I I'm inclined to think this might hurt. MSU basketball. I'm all in undefeated. I think it's yeah, great. there you go. Heard it first. Heard, Heard it first, first here. Year. Uh I actually I'm really high on this 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 MSU basketball team. But um look, I, I think the plan is so A, if we haven't announced it enough, let's be very clear. We are recording on Sundays from now on, which means Twitter questions will be coming in uh Saturday and Sunday. Um Though, as a football season progresses, the likelihood is Twitter questions are going to come down. Like, there's just going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, And we love you all, but we're going to save. You guys have fun questions, so we're going to save some of them for second wave COVID. Uh, The right. Am I wrong? Back me up here, correct? Plum will be joining us uh, regularly on Sundays slash Mondays when it comes to your 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 ear holes. Um, and I think the hope is we're going to do some MSU breakdown for the next uh, the first few weeks, uh, you know, offense, defense, special teams. And then we'll start getting into our opponents coming up. We'll, we'll revert to those of you who are very OG listeners, uh, the plan where we preview the game ahead. Um, I think we're going to switch that segment pre Twitter questions though. So people actually listen to it. Uh, so it's important to know. Uh, anyway, uh, we thank you all for listening. Um, and Greg, man, I don't know that it's been as enthusiastic, enthusiastic for a while, but go green, go white, Michael Jones, go green. Are we doing it again? (laughs) 